This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Stephanie Novinskis. Stephanie is the CEO of Sizzle Force Marketing, a fractional CMO agency that services scaling companies. Since 1995, she's been developing brand building marketing campaigns that have been used by companies including Starbucks, Quicksilver, and the NFL, along with thousands of privately owned companies. Stephanie has written for Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazines and is the author of the international number one bestseller, Absolutely Unforgettable, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Creating a Heart-Centered Brand and Standing Out in a Noisy World. Thanks so much for being here today, Stephanie. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking really about um, the content that that goes into marketing effectively. And so I I like to start from like baseline uh, and build from there. So my first question is, what does a copywriter actually do? So copywriter's responsibility is actually to write words that are persuasive enough to get people to take an action of some kind. It could be clicking a buy now button. It could be clicking something or not even clicking. It doesn't have to be online. Um, It could be taking the action of booking a consultation call or a follow-up call or something that moves somebody forward in the buyer's journey. Okay. All right. So what's the difference between a good writer and a copywriter? Or is there a difference? There is a really big difference. So a lot of people uh, will say things like, oh, I got my degree in English. I'm a really good writer. So surely I can be a copywriter. Um, The thing is that a good writer is uh, somebody who's usually very good with putting words together. That doesn't mean that they actually know how to sell and persuade using words, right? And that Um, really is the key difference because a a copywriter makes things happen where a good writer might educate, might entertain, might um, influence people in some way. But they usually, unless they've gone through some sort of training, they don't actually know the uh, the human psychology that goes behind sales 
and how to write to get something sold. I see. Boy, that that's a great explanation. I appreciate that. And it's funny when I asked the question, I started thinking um, it probably has to do with what you had said about compelling, you know, the written in a way that compels somebody to do something. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a very different writing style. You know, I, I know, like, I can even speak to my own mother, right? My own mother is a great writer, an academic writer, she has like 15,000 degrees, right? And she can, she can write a thesis that will knock you out of the park, right? <laughs> but can she write copy that's going to sell? No, uh, uh-uh. yeah. not at all. It's a different style of writing. And I think the reason that it's so different is that it's really based on sales psychology, which a lot of good writers have never studied. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so interesting that I, I don't think people realize it feels to me like this is really the core of good marketing, Mm -hmm. right? Is being able to communicate in this way. Absolutely. Because the whole idea behind marketing is to generate leads and leads that will be qualified enough that they eventually can be converted into sales, right? So this is absolutely a key component to that process. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of people will freeze up if they're told they have to write something for their business. It, it seems to be, um, it's so interesting for me. It's like one of the hardest things to do is write about your business or, you know, something compelling. I, I, there's probably a whole psychology behind it, but is there like a tip you can share with people that can get them started with writing about their business? Yeah. Here's a, a little secret that can make it a lot easier. If you're one of those people that looks at a blank screen or a blank piece of paper and just feels your anxiety, start, your, your heart <laughs> palpitates, right? Uh-huh. Um, try actually grabbing the uh, application on your phone that will record you. Okay. Uh-huh. And just start talking about what you do in your phone. Okay. As if you're having a conversation with someone, in fact, you can even have, have somebody else, have a friend, have your significant other or whatever, um, ask you some questions and just say, Hey, uh, Diane, can you tell me what you do? And then answer the question audibly. Okay. Then, uh, then ask another question of, so what makes you different from everybody else in the marketplace that does something similar? And then answer the question. Okay. Then another good question is uh, why should I use your services now as opposed to some other time? And then you answer the question, so on and so forth, right? When you actually, most people can talk about their business very clearly. They just don't know how to write it. So what I say is, well, answer the questions record yourself answering them, get those answers transcribed, and then just edit out the weird ums and ahs and hesitations that happen in natural conversation. And you will have a decent piece of copy at the end, as long as you're clear when you give your answers. 
That's so interesting. You know, what's funny is that I say the same thing to people. Like I probably do my best writing and I'm using air quotes when I'm driving. Uh-huh. Because that's when the thought, like like articles and things like that, that's when the the ideas come to me. And so I turn the recorder on on my phone and just talk. So yeah. I, I totally get that concept. I never thought about doing it for my marketing content though. That that's really interesting. I'm gonna have to try that. It's so easy and it's so much less intimidating. Right now, obviously, if you want to polish something up and and get it to if it's a really important piece of copy, um, then you're going to want to bring in a professional, right? Because if it's not your sweet spot, like, for example, I can tell you, I, I was talking with another client this morning and she runs a grooming company for pets. And she told me, she's like, look, I, I don't write. I don't know how to do this. I know how to make dogs look great. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes, you do. And you're very good at that. And you know what? It is absolutely unreasonable for anybody to expect that you can write sales copy just because you have a business, right? That's just not how it works. That's like saying, I, I told her on the flip side, I said, well, you know, please don't judge me when my dog walks in the door (laughs) and you see her on the screen this morning, because you'll see she's a little overdue for her grooming appointment, right? I'm no, I am not good. I'm not able to groom my dog, but I can write. Okay. Flip side, you can groom a dog, but you can't write. This is why we need each other and why we have each other. Right. That's right. Right. So really. Do you think that's like the the biggest mistake people make when it comes to copywriting? They think they should be able to do it or you I know, think what else are you saying? A, I think people have a false expectation that they should be able to do it, right? And it doesn't seem like it's going to be that hard to a lot of people, right? But then they find that they you know, they might start sharing some things. They might put stuff out there and not get the response that they want. And so then they start to get discouraged. That kind of starts this negative mind talk, if you want to say this conversation yeah. of like, gosh, I can't do this. It's never going to work or, you know, yada, yada. And then it, it just creates an avalanche of bad stuff. Right. So um, anybody can learn how to do this, but nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Right. We need to cut ourselves some slack. Yeah. So the, this um, book that you wrote, in, in it, you talk about a heart-centered brand. And I'm wondering if you would define that for the listeners, please. What to you is a heart-centered brand? Yeah, a heart-centered brand is one that is truly, absolutely unforgettable. It's Uh, a brand that stands out in a noisy world because it doesn't look like every other brand that's out there. Mm -hmm. It's true and aligned with a certain set of values. And it shows up in every way that the business interacts with the consumer. So whether it's what they post on social media to what their customer experience is like, if let's say you have a, a local, uh, business with a brick and mortar building. Okay. Um, it could be the the customer experience when a customer comes to see you. If you have um, maybe a service business and you 
operate online, what is the process like when someone tries to make an appointment with you? And then how do you show up online and all of that stuff, right? So a heart-centered brand is one that is really going to stand out as being unique and aligned with a certain set of values that set it apart in the marketplace. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, um, I was reading a newsletter on LinkedIn earlier today, and they were talking about that that we need to stop writing these really lengthy landing pages that are, I mean, I hate them. Um, <laughs> I, I can't stand them because it's just, it's the same information being repeated over and over again. And you can never, you can't get to the investment part until the very, very end, which could be pages. Um, so I, I find them annoying. And this article was saying, I don't know if they were really saying they're annoying. They were pretty much saying it doesn't work, Right. So my question for you is what what's your sense of the reason why buyers aren't buying whatever people are selling and what do you think we should be doing about that Okay there's there's a lot that goes into that but if I could um play devil's advocate on the landing sure. page thing yeah. So let me let me share something here I think anybody who says it doesn't work is not really being fair. I think a more accurate way of saying uh, a long sales page isn't performing to your expectations would be something along the lines of it didn't work in this case, or it didn't work because we used this copy or because we were speaking to this audience. Uh, there are tons. I mean, I have written a umpteen, really long, as you say, annoying landing pages, right? That have converted like clockwork and made people millions of dollars. Wow. Okay. Now, so they do work. They do work when you have the right copy and it's going to the right audience, right? That's what makes it work. Now, if, if you don't have enough traffic to the page, well, nobody can buy it if they don't see it, yeah. right? Yeah. If the copy isn't written in a way that's persuasive and empathetic and, um, you know, really painting a picture for the reader to see themselves in that place of success that they're hoping to get to if they buy whatever it is that you're selling, then it, then it's not going to work, right? But if it is written in that way, then people are actually going to want to continue reading because they're going to be like, I see myself here, right? I see myself that, yeah, they get me. It's like they're in my head, That's right? so interesting. Yeah. yeah. The time, you know, it gets annoying when it's not resonating ah. or it gets annoying when you're really, really pressed for time. And the truth mm-hmm. is, a lot of us are really pressed for time all the time. Okay. So I'm a big, huge believer in having multiple call to action buttons on every landing page because people will decide to take action at different points in the journey of the page. You're going to have the one person who, you know, is signing up for a conference and they go to this conference every year 
and they just need to get their ticket. They, they're already sold. They just right. need to process the transaction. Right. Okay? That person needs a register now button at the very top of the page. Yeah. But then you're going to have the other person that, um, you know, let's say it could be an employee and an employee is reading about a conference that they think would really improve their skill set and make them more valuable at work. And so they're reading about it being like, yeah, this would be really good. I got to find a way to convince my boss, right? They're going to need a call to action button that's written a little differently and in a different place on the page than the first person. Okay. Then there's the person who's super analytical and these are, these are your thinkers, right? And they don't take impulsive action. They don't, they're not known for being decisive. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they have to think they have to process. And these are the people that are going to read every single word of your 3000 page landing page, <laughs> because it's just how their brain works. So I'm a, I'm a fan of, you know what, if you're going to write a landing page, it's not that short or long works or doesn't work. It's just what works for different people in different circumstances. I think that is so great. I'm so glad I brought it up and that you shared that. I completely get what you're saying. Yeah. So whoever this person on LinkedIn is, I'm like, "Mm, we need to have a little word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I commented on it. So maybe it'll show up somewhere. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know how that whole newsletter thing is is working out, but um, I, I totally get that. Well, so then let me ask you this question. So then do you write do you put out different landing pages because you have different audiences or are you saying it's like one landing page, but there's language in there throughout that will hit different interest groups? Yeah. I mean, there's a case for both, right? Um, I think I usually will do one landing page that's just written to appeal to different personalities at different times in their journey. Right. That's why, you know, on a typical landing page that I do, I'm going to have at least five call to action buttons. Right. Um, So that, you know, if if you've got the the quick, decisive person, it's at the top. If you've got the person that needs a little info, it's in the middle. If you've got the analytical person, it's at the end, so on and so forth. Right. Another thing that um, to think about is maybe you don't necessarily need different landing pages but you do need a segmented email list where you send out targeted communications to people in different stages of the journey. So for example, going back to what I had just shared, if you were sending um, an invitation to attend a conference to somebody who goes every single year and they just need to get their ticket, they don't need to even go to the landing page at all. Right. Send them to, you know, give them the link to just register and get their ticket. Right. Yeah. If you are trying to appeal to, um, you know, to that analytical person, then yeah, send them to the long landing page. If you're trying to um, appeal to the person who needs to convince their boss, you're probably going to want to send an email sequence that talks about how they can sell it to their boss specifically, Mm -hmm. right? 
and then it will lead to the landing page. But, you know, you can set things up so it automatically will bounce down to the part of the page that's relevant to them. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So really what I'm hearing is it's really about the strategy. It's about understanding your constituencies and then developing the strategy. So you're not just throwing out all the same information to all the same people, you know, regardless of their level of caring at at that point. 150%. And that's another thing that really separates a good writer from a copywriter. Okay. A copywriter understands strategy is everything. Strategy is everything. So you can have the best words in the world, but if you don't have a strategy that's well thought out and a framework that makes sense, people aren't going to buy. Yeah. 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 I, I really get it. I, I, this is really great information on so many levels because for me, it, it really points out, um, the the importance of making sure that you know your audience and that you develop that strategy and and um solicit the help from people who are skilled at these kinds of things you know don't think that just because you own the business you're going to be able to do this but really the value is in speaking to the audience in the way they are ready to hear yeah, and, and in sure order strategy to do, around that. Right. And in order to do that, you have to really know who your audience is. Who are you yeah. speaking to? And this right. is a huge mistake that I see people make all the time is um, you know, they speak to anybody who breathes, right? Well, anybody, anyone who has skin, that's my client. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna work for you, right? Especially favorites. with the way marketing is going now. I can tell you with 150% certainty that personalization is more important than ever. And sending out big messages that are designed to attract an enormous crowd of anybody that has skin are not 
going to work. They, they already don't work, but they're really, really, really not going to work for you moving yeah. forward. Because the direction that marketing is going now, personalization is going to be everything. So if you are not super clear on who your audience is, what, and I don't mean just like a basic demographic profile, because that's another mistake people make. Is they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm writing for women who are between the ages of 35 to 50. And, you know, they work a professional job, they have a dog, and they have two kids, right? Okay, well, you know, that's good information to have sometimes, right? But what actually motivates this person? What is this person afraid of? What would make this person feel skeptical? What would make this person feel understood? Those are questions, those are the questions that you need to figure out when you're pinpointing your ideal client, because that's going to inform all of your messaging. Uh, that's great. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you say anyone with skin. I I I say that all the time that everyone is not a target market. And if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. Right. One thing that, you know, a lot of times people are very afraid to niche down yeah, because they're like, well, gosh, I don't want to limit my opportunities to make money in this and that and the other thing. And they need me and they need me. And so do they need me, you know, right? Well, that may be true. Okay. However, I can tell you again, with absolute certainty that people always pay more for specialists. Okay. You think about it, like if you need heart surgery, are you going to go see your family medicine doctor? No, you're going to find a cardiologist who can do your heart surgery, right? Does a cardiologist make more than a family practice doctor? Yeah, you bet a lot more, right? It's because that doctor has spent years and years and years honing his or her craft and becoming an expert in it in keeping you alive on the operating table, right? right? Um, so, you, you know, you, you need to consider niching, not something that's going to cut you off from getting more business, but something that is going to open the door to, it's going to open the floodgates actually to attracting the right customer for you, right? The customer that really, really wants what you sell. Not like it's a nice to have, but they really want it. They really value it. And they absolutely have the means to pay for it. Well, and I I completely agree with you. And I think that what people don't realize is that when they are really broad, then they don't get what they're looking for anyway. So they can be afraid that they're missing out. The truth is, they are missing out by not niching. Yeah. Yeah. You leave a ton of money on the table. That's why that old saying, the riches are in the niches. It's so true. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's so much easier to be clear when when you, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Stephanie, this is really valuable. I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this information with the listeners. Um, Will you tell them how they can find you, please? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn. I have a scary last name. Let's just be real. (laughs) So 
maybe you could share it in the show notes, sure. <laughs> a link to my LinkedIn profile. It is linkedin.com slash in slash Stephanie Novinskis. Good luck if you're trying to figure that out and you're driving right now. Um, here's something a little easier to remember. You can always find um, my website is sizzleforce.com. That's sizzle like bacon force, like may the force be with you. I will make sure both of those things are in the show notes. Great. Thanks. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you uh, for being here and sharing this and listeners. Thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.